Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick from Rugen from Neo Technology, and here I am recording another podcast session for the Neo4j Grafistania podcast. And uh, tonight I'm joined by someone from the beautiful Midwest in, uh, in the USA. Uh, I've got Dustin Cody from uh, Decora, Iowa on the, on the Skype call. Hi Dustin, how are you? Hi Rick, I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, very, very good. Thank you for joining me. It's always great uh, to have people from uh, different parts of the world on uh, on this podcast. Um, I've read some of your work uh, in the community and on the GraphGists, uh, Dustin, uh, but most of our listeners probably haven't yet. So do you mind introducing yourself to, uh, to us and, and telling us uh, who you are, what do you do, and what's your relationship to the wonderful world of graphs? <laughs> All right, my name is Dustin Cody. I currently live in the northeast corner of Iowa in a small rural town by choice. And I work for Luther College. It's a small private college and just started last year. And pr prior to that, I was working at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and worked there for seven years as a PeopleSoft uh, programmer analyst with uh, emphasis in database design. And before that, I was a data warehouse administrator and before that I was doing stuff with databases and before that I was learning how to program in seventh grade so I've been around a while uh, <laughs> well well seasoned as they say and uh, uh, that's what I'm working on I work out mainly because of my experience with ERP systems seems like no one wants to work on old technology and uh, so there's always a niche for that well, the world would stop turning without old technology, I think. So, it would, uh, believe it or not. Yep. Yeah, it would absolutely do. But uh, Dustin, what's your relationship to Neo4j and, and graph databases then? How did you get into that? Well, very recently there was a competition uh, for GraphGist on Neo4j, and I thought, what a great way for me to finally finish one of my project ideas. It had a deadline and basically the only thing I needed to finish a project. and. So I put together a conference uh, data model because I was going to a conference and I wanted to know different things from from the uh, booklet they gave you, but because it's in a certain order, you can't find out certain things. So I knew that a graph database would be the perfect way to query on different angles and different ways of looking at your data. Um, but before that, I would say back in 2008 when our one of our companies moved and I was worried about competing against 25 Java developers unleashed on to the town for jobs, I went back to school. And even though it turned out not to be an issue being reemployed, I continued to go back to school to get my master's. And it was then that I was doing a research paper. And one of the papers I was doing was to debunk overhyped technologies. And one of them was the semantic web. I heard of the web 3.0 and thought to myself that this has been overhyped. I've heard about it for years and haven't seen anything about it. So while researching it, I, I realized that this is exactly what I had been looking for to solve so many of my own database projects. Uh, for example, I had some projects where I was saving disparate da data. So um, for instance, when you save music, MP3s or, or songs, it's usually saved as artist, album, and song name. Well, if you talk to classical music uh, enthusiasts, they care about orchestras and maybe the conductor or the original composer. Uh, they look at different things, but it's the same item almost, and you still have to store it. And, you know, by the time I was done designing all the different kinds of genres, there was just no database for relational databases that could handle it well. And when I looked into Semantic Web, I realized that this was the solution. 
And back then there was a no SQL movement. Um, I would say Semantic Web is, since it saves as tuples or triples, I believe it's based on, on graph database, um, a little more formal perhaps. Um, and so that my natural, uh, so all the uses I found for Semantic Web, I also find useful for Neo4j. And at the time when I was choosing which graph database to use, Neo4j was the one that was that I had heard the most. It had the most, the best reviews at the time. And so I decided to spend the little time I had with, you know, raising two kids to learn a new technology. And so that's why I picked Neo4j. <laughs> Super interesting, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's very much related technology, right? And, uh, you know, we could talk, we could talk for... Uh, <laughs> More than uh, what we have in this podcast about the differences between um, you know semantic web databases and and, and Neo4j because they are quite different. But okay, um, <laughs> we'll take that offline. Um, sure. But they, they are very they are different but related technologies. As I would say, I would say so. So so what what did you like about the graph database then? You know what 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 problems was it solving for you? Why was it such a good fit for for some of the things that you had? found problematic in other databases? Well, one of the things I've always liked um, is how you can make non-obvious connections. So you might have two different graph sets that are unconnected at the moment, but sometime in the future, if you're still collecting data, you might join two nodes together, and then suddenly your same query would return different results and, in fact, maybe solve a problem. Um, I, I think one of the examples I saw long ago was perhaps... Besides the NSA and CIA kind of examples, it would be uh, different language authors. Uh, they might have a different name in one language than another, and you might be following him, and then you suddenly make the connection and realize they have all, all this other body of work. So I like those kind of solutions, that uh, the graph database is continuously growing and making connections for you. Yeah, like inferring new, new paths between different parts of the graph. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, well spoken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that is. A, I mean, I. That's one of the examples that I always give. You know, it's like the, 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 the pathfinding. Right? I've got these two things, and how are they connected to each other? And show me those connections. I mean, whether you're talking about a beer data set or a social network or yeah. a recommendation engine, that's that's one of the most powerful use cases. I think those those hidden connections, as you call. Them. Right, and with um, database design, when you're when you're working in a large company, you have to spend so much time ahead of time designing things. And then once it's approved and then once it's implemented, you know, many months or years can go by. And once it's done, you pretty much nail in the coffin and you really don't want to change it again because you don't know what you might change. Uh, with graph databases, sometimes you can add a whole new set of uh, features or properties and it won't affect the past data you had. It'll actually just enrich the data you have in your new applications that can leverage it. I think that's very that's, powerful. That's such a powerful point that you're making there, and I think it's also why you know, there's like a perfect storm now for graph databases because of the old the whole agile development paradigm as well. You know, people people don't develop waterfall systems anymore. You know, they 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 try to take a much more leaner approach to software development and. You know, they, they, it, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? When you're That's when right. you're developing a new system, so That's right. uh, it's a great fit for that, right. I think, as well. Yeah. So, 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 Dustin, where where do you think this is going? You know, where 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 do you personally want to take this? And you know, I'll put some of the links to to your your work on the on the blog post with this podcast recording. But 
where, where do you see it going? You know, what, what, what do you want to do with it? Where do you see the industry taking it? Well, where I personally want to take it is perhaps more projects that can help categorize interests. So I've been kind of an internal description is my industry. So I might be interested in homesteading or something. And there are podcasts out there that are in the 2000 episode range, and it would be great to be able to categorize those and find exactly what you're looking for. Maybe even the author or the interviewee. Uh, you know, someday maybe you'll have 2,000 interviews here. <laughs> oh my uh, God! <laughs> you never know how you can tie all those people together. They have, yeah. you know, people bring such great resources from their work, and there's just, you know, you know, like hack the planet. It's more like categorize the planet. Uh, I think graph databases is good for that. Uh, as far as the world future, I think. This is a kind of a tool that's generic enough and powerful enough that someone out there that doesn't even know anything about this yet is going to come up with an idea, use your project and platform, and come up with something new. It's just that kind of uh, technology that you're creating, and it's really going to be anyone's imagination, really, something that we haven't even thought of yet. Like a platform for innovation, basically, like doing new Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, super well. Yeah, I, I really like that perspective. I really do, and I, I, I think you know, like for example, in the past couple of months, what we've seen at Neo4j, you know, when some of the Panama Papers uh, research was published and stuff like that, you know, that That's was right. that was for us that was like fantastic validation. You know, that yeah. would never have happened ten years ago, and now it's happening <laughs> because of uh, you know the small contribution that we're making. I, I guess so. Uh, Absolutely, and I like your ramp-up time to test out Neo4j with that web interface you have where you can just start importing right away. Mm -hmm. It's a great tool. Very cool. Very nice. Thank you, Dustin, for uh, spending the time with me on this uh, on this recording. Uh, as you know, I, I like to keep these things uh, short and snappy and digestible for everyone. I will put some of the links uh, to your work uh, uh, with, with the transcription. Uh, but for now, I'm going to thank you very much for coming online, and uh, I hope to meet you person face-to-face uh, -face, uh, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> It's my pleasure, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Have a thank day. you. Bye. Bye.